When we're just talking about monetary policy, like number go up technology, like that doesn't really spark the imagination that draws in the wrong type of people. When you see builders actually building and trying to change the world for the better, I think that's the thing that uh, that really gets people in the door. Hello there. Happy Sunday. Why are you hearing from me? Well, we have a bonus show for you this Sunday. Well, not so much a bonus, but we missed a show early in the month and Danny and I would leave you short. So it is time to catch up. Okay, so welcome to the What Bitcoin Did podcast, which is brought to you by the legends at Iris Energy, the largest NASDAQ-listed Bitcoin miner using 100% renewable energy. I'm your host, Peter McCormack, and today I have this bonus show, this catch-up show. I've got Carl Gonzalez from Pleb Lab on the show. Now, I've bumped into Carl a few times when we've been in and out of Austin, and he's always been great to hang out with, always been great to sit down and talk Bitcoin with. So while we were there, we wanted to get him on the show. We wanted to talk about Plebnet. Now, Plebnet is a Bitcoin accelerator, and I think we should all absolutely get behind this kind of grassroots project in the Bitcoin space. It's a bit like the football. It's a bit like all these grassroots projects that help spread the knowledge of Bitcoin, help expand companies, help expand projects. We should all back them as much as we could. So I hope you enjoy this. If you want to reach out, you've got any questions about this, any feedback, you can hit me up on hello at whatbitcoindid.com. We're on. Yeah, so like I was at the uh, Half Price Books yesterday because I usually go to the thrift shops and like record stores. And I was like, you know what? I know Pete's like a big fan of music and stuff like that. I'm a huge fan of music. And I was like, I found this creative adult vinyl. And I was like, dude, you're, you're going you're gonna to dig it. Thank you, man. They're like, uh, they're kind of like uh, Joy Division-ish, kind of like from that UK punk scene. So nice to get a present. Yeah. It shames everyone who comes on the show doesn't bring a present. <laughs> really? Yeah. I love it, man. That's so kind of you. Yeah. And I got a record player recently, didn't I? You do? You can actually play it. I actually play it. Yeah, I got a cool. record player. Danny set it all up for me. Yep. The kids keep playing. I keep going back to it. And like the kids have been on it. Mm-hmm. And I know for three reasons. Why? The record's still on the record player, which I would never do. I always put it back in its sleeve. The thing's still fucking spinning with the needle <laughs> going round and round at the oh, end. Oh, that would drive me nuts. And you just hear the low... Mm, have the, you figured out how to change the speed on it yet? It's underneath, isn't it? Oh, you have? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Why are there two speeds? It would. I think it would traditionally have been because you have like EPs and LPs. So you have the same size vinyl, but fewer songs. So they make it slower, so it takes up the space on the vinyl. But I don't actually know if that's the answer. I don't know I'm, either. I'm that sounds about right. Yeah. But I have LPs, yeah. which are need different speeds. Yeah, and I think that if you run it on 33 RPM or slower, I believe it's better quality. Huh. Uh, I'm, I, I'm making so much shit up here. If I'm you guessing. run it higher, they yeah, sound like the chipmunks. If you get like, a, get like a copy of Dark Side of the Moon and then you switch it to the lower thing and you can really hear some cool stuff. And that's if cool. you get Judas Priest and you play it backwards. <laughs> yeah, that's. A, I think that's a real thing. That right? is a real thing. Yeah. Is that a real thing? I, I always thought that was a lie. I don't know. I think it tells you to like fuck the devil or something. Like yeah, that. it's pretty, pretty crazy. Have a look. Judas Priest play backward. <laughs> <laughs> Judas Priest. He actually Googled it. I wonder if it's just a myth. <clears throat> what does it say? He recorded In the Dead of Night Love Bites backwards for the track Love Bites. That's kind of cool. <coughs> he recorded a song backwards. I think just that, just those lyrics. Oh, mm. right. Interesting. You ever seen that Far Side video where they recorded the whole thing backwards? No, what's up? you never seen this? Have you ever yeah. seen? Uh, I'll get back Get this up, get this up. So the Far you know the Far Side, the hip hop band? No, no, I don't. Oh, oh they're my amazing. God. No, tell um, me. Unbelievable band. There will be a song you will know by theirs, but they did this video mm-hmm. 
where they recorded the whole thing. The drop. So they recorded the whole thing forwards with them doing everything backwards, but then play it backwards so they are moving forwards. You'll see it. Look, watch this. I think they should. We're going to need music. You might know the song. So they're, they're, this is backwards right now. No, so th- yeah, this is backwards. Oh, wow. We're getting copyright claimed <laughs> on this one. Yeah, we're going to get done. We keep getting this. It's quite incredible that they did this. Yeah, it makes me wonder how, like, uh, Christopher Nolan did Tenet, you know? It's kind of the same thing, right? Mm. But it meant they had to also rap everything backwards. Well, were, like, lip sync it backwards. Yeah, lip sync it backwards. Mm. So the lip sync would work when they played yeah, it. That's interesting. When they reversed it. But it means you get those cool things where they kind of, like, stand up off the floor. Yeah. That's cool. That's pretty cool. This is such a last show of the run. <laughs> yeah, we should get into this it. This is such a last show of the run. Talking shit. How you been, Carl? Been pretty good. Busy. Yeah? Busy and um, trying to survive the bear market, man. It's crazy. It's not your first one, is it? Well, working full time in it, yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's completely different than seeing it from the sidelines. Right. Talk yeah. to me about that. Gosh, where do we start? I think I think for me, you kind of see who the real ones are, right? The ones who kind of that will stick through it, because this is when it gets really bad. Um, and then it, you also see people's true colors that come out during this time, um, good and bad, right? Uh, and then you also see a, a more sense of like collaboration and kind of like a because uh, I feel like during the bull market it was just like spread out everybody was prospering and then you get the bull market and it's just everybody's like a little closer sometimes I never know if you're really prospering or you're just mentally prospering that's probably what it is right yeah because if you're not selling your bitcoin right you, you're mentally prospering you're going it's like Hoddle put that tweet do you see the tweet Hoddle drag out the one he put out no I don't know which one you mean put out one about bear markets and so i think you're mentally prospering you go oh my bitcoin could buy me this oh now it can buy me this oh fuck now it can buy me this <laughs> and then suddenly shit it can't buy me anything again and mm-hmm. so you mentally get poorer i think this one <laughs> yeah every hodler will have to face this moment after years of hard work and sacrifice you finally have enough money to be set for life then a flash it will be ripped away from you how will you, you how you react to this will define your future, your children's future as well. Godspeed. There's a personal side to it and a business side. Like the biz, podcasting. Business side is downloads are a derivative of Bitcoin. When Bitcoin's flying, downloads are up. Yeah. Bitcoin's down, downloads are you know, dropping and going sideways. When downloads are ripping, sponsorships are up. When downloads are down, you know, sideways. Yeah, sponsorships are down. So there is a reality of that. You have to grind through it, work hard. Yeah. But the personal one I find different. It depends, I guess, if the business side isn't working and you're a Bitcoin business, you might then be selling Bitcoin to fund the operations of the business. The funny thing is, is you're usually selling at the bottom because, <laughs> or, or like near the bottom because you, the business challenges come during the bear market and you didn't sell at the top prepping for that because timing those yeah. two events, that's fucking difficult. Yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's crazy right now. 
But um, other than that, it's going great. I can't complain. I'm living the dream. Literally living the dream, man. Tell me about that. You know, I, I, I grew up, you know, from Corpus, but I grew up from, you know, in Austin, primarily in and out my whole life. So, you know, like where Pleb Lab right now is, it's, it's on 6th Street, you know, and it's like six blocks away from the Commons. You know, right in the middle is uh, Joe Rogan's mothership. And so, like, we're, we're right in the middle of it. And I remember as a young kid, like, walking, <laughs> you know, down 6th Street, and we're at the old Texas Lottery office. So they would do the Texas Lottery, like, the balls and the whole thing like that. Um, like, uh, I think it was like at 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday. So I remember seeing all these things. And then for me now to be, you know, working at a Plub Lab in the same area I used to walk as a kid, it's just like, blows my mind. Like, it's literally a dream come true. And that to me is like probably the the thing I always try to, whenever things get hard or anything, anything like I'm just like struggling with mentally, I'm like, well, you're kind of living a dream life, man. Like, what are you, like, what are you complaining about? So mm. that's kind of what I keep in back of my head all the time bitcoin makes dreams man <laughs> it does it does yeah dude i go home and i run my football team in my town yeah so you know you know exactly what that yeah. feels like i get to hang every six to eight weeks i meet up with my like danny's become one of my best friends in the world he's like a brother to me now and we get together every six weeks eight weeks we hang out for 10 days have a beer eat steak record podcasts yeah that's fucking cool yeah Danny's living the dream. He gets to work with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm living the dream, but I get to work with you. But, <laughs> but I get to work with you. Yeah, no, look, uh, if you work really hard and you put the time in, mm-hmm. I think Bitcoin rewards you back. What you put in, you get out. What you yeah. take, you then have to put back in. Yeah. No, I think that's that's really good advice. Yeah, I think that's really true. I I, I have found that, uh, you know, you know, trying to be a community leader inside the in the Austin area is just giving me so much rewarding friendships and like rewarding um, just ideas. It 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 really is like uh, when I look at Austin, I look at all the amazing people that are here. You know, like we just saw Parker right now. Like I see Parker almost every day. It's pretty incredible. But it's it's like all the yeah. It, to me, I just I just. I, I can't imagine like how lucky we all are to be to be doing this full time in Austin at a time right now. Like it's it's just really it really hits home with me every every time I see it. Well, you you yeah. it, when you 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 can look at it like at a micro level. It's like oh yeah, I mean I'm getting to work on Bitcoin in Austin with my cool friends, or you can look at this like kind of weird macro level. You're like I get to work at the forefront of a new paradigm in money mm-hmm. and finance where the world is clearly going to shit. We're heading, like, countries are hyperinflating. Western liberal democracies that we thought were safe havens are on a trajectory to hyperinflate, which is going to be terrible, but we get to work on the thing that is the lifeboat. You're right at the forefront of it. I mean, what a, what a gift to be... Like, we don't know... In fifty years, what the how the AI will write the history books? <laughs> Chat GPT will write the history books, but there's a scenario where a history book is written, and the kids are taught in the future are like, yeah, like before Bitcoin, there was this thing called fiat money, and like the government fucking printed loads and stole it, and it caused all this shit and chaos. And this Bitcoin thing you had came from this like 
guy Satoshi Nakamoto, who nobody knows who it is, and all these people in Austin and Nashville and Bedford worked on making it. And I'm picking those places as those places worked on <laughs> making this a thing. You get to be part of it. Yeah, I think I think that's the, that's one of the reasons why we all started Austin Bitcoin Club. Um, like we started that back in 2021, and a lot of it was just for the community at, uh, in the area, and we wanted to you know, show that, hey, you know, some plebs can actually do something, right? Do something of value. And I think all, a lot of us came from that 2020, you know, time when, you know, Jack Mahlers went on stage, and, you know, in the conference and then like lit a fire on under everybody's asses. And I think you saw that kind of go everywhere. It kind of started off this like kind of kick and, um, yeah, and, and so like when we started the Austin Bitcoin Club, out of that came Plub Lab. And Plub Lab is a, a place where developers can come, you know, work on Bitcoin projects and stuff. And uh, it was kind of cool because we used to do it. This is before we actually had like the Bitcoin Commons. We didn't have a Bitcoin event space in 2021. All we had was just like the Unchained building. And it was very small, very tiny. But so we didn't really have like a place to do events. But we got kind of lucky because we just were two guys that wanted to start, you know, a meetup in the park, like literally from the park. We were going to do it at the park, but I, I knew Gary at the time and Gary was like, yo, you should probably talk to Lee. And so I reached out to Lee and Lee was like, yo, you should probably go check out Capital Factory. They have like events there. And so at that time we went out to uh, Capital Factory and told him like, hey, we're doing this Bitcoin stuff. We want to do like a meetup here. It's called Austin Bitcoin Club. And from there, it started off with like 30 people. And then before you knew it, we had like 200, 150 people that were showing up, flying wow. in for Austin Bitcoin Club. And then what really set it on fire was Parker. Like Parker came to the second one and that kind of kicked everything off. And then the vice president at that time at Capital Factory, he saw like our relentlessness um, and our passion for what we were doing. And he, we would come in like at eight in the morning. We'd stay till like eight o'clock at night. And this guy, he kind of got orange pilled over the course of just hanging out with us and seeing us. And he was like, you know, it'd be great if you guys were here all the time with those amount of people. And we're like, yeah, it'd be great to have like an office. But all we have is just the event space. And so he, he basically said, he goes, well, ask for it. You got to ask for the things that you want. And I was like, well, you know, the way I look at it is like, you know, your, your dad's already letting you play in the, in the garage with your band. Like the last thing you want to do is ask him for the Ferrari to take out your girl. Like, you know, and he's like, no, ask me for the Ferrari. And so we went to have a, a, a meeting with him like a week later and he gave us this office space. And from there we were able to get all these builders in there. So we got like John from Zapright. We had like Michael from Oshi. We had like Keon from Stacker News. We had the, this was before they did Mutiny, but we had the guys from Mutiny in there. We had Super Testnet. Um, we had all these people just bunched in a lab, like downtown financial district, and all working on projects and startups and stuff at that time. And myself, I kind of got lucky because at that time, I was looking for a job myself. So all those guys, when reached out to Marty, was like, yo, you should hire a car. You know, car's the guy to hire to do the producing stuff. And so I, I luckily I got a job with Marty and then was able to learn from him and kind of like see how he carries himself, his work ethic, all that stuff, and just learned a lot. And then from there, um, I think what changed for us was the, um, 
Bitcoin block party. When we did the Bitcoin block party in 2021, that kind of set Austin on fire because it was we look we literally took over a block of Rainy Street down here with with Michael from Oshi and everybody came, like the whole community came to like support it. And it was like it was crazy. It was like 800 people, Bitcoiners, like all excited about you know this this product called Oshi and what it could do for grassroots adoption and stuff like that. And and, and it just kind of shot off. And shortly after that, you know, people started coming up to us and we're like, well, are you guys going to be a company? You know, people were coming to like, you know, um, about Pleb Lab and we're like, uh, we didn't know we could. <laughs> like we were just trying to, we're just a couple of plebs, you know, starting this grassroots movement from the inside and just trying to help our friends, you know, achieve their dreams. And so we were lucky enough to get a little small little um, check uh, to go out and build Pleb Lab downtown. And that's what we did. And so in February, I took over as like the CEO to, um, to get us, to get us all the way there. Kyle, I don't know if you ever met Kyle. Kyle. We met last time we were here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Met him a few times. He, uh, he had a step down because he had a family, kids, all that, all those sorts of responsibilities and Plub Lab, you kind of have to do full time, 24, seven, 365. It's a really, uh, you have to be hands on for it. And so that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah. Uh, we liked Carl. Cool guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I wish him guy. the best, man. So, yeah. so, so it is a, you've, you've accidentally created a business. I would say it's, at least since I've taken over, I've been more business focused. I'm kind of what you were talking about with downloads and all that stuff. Um, I, I really think there's a, a world of possibility for hackerspaces. And oh. so when I took over, I wanted to focus more on the hackerspace part of it. Because at least here in Austin, I can't speak to other places, but at least here in Austin, like we have the Bitcoin Commons and it's a great hub for Bitcoiners. It's where people go for events. It's where we even do our own hackathons there. And Unchain has been gracious enough to allow us to do that there. And so we have all the meetups there. But you still need another place, like a hacker space for these developers that are here. And they require a lot of support. So you need... You need another place where people can actually go who are aspiring developers, whether they worked for PayPal or whether they worked for Visa, MasterCard, or whoever, can come learn about Bitcoin on the development side. And that's kind of what we do. So like right now in the lab, we have like Nifty from Base58. She's she's in the lab. Um, we have like Keon from Snacker News in the lab. We have Zapright in the lab. We have like Super Testnet. He works on a lot of FOSS stuff. And um, and then we have some regular engineers from like Bitcoin companies working in there as well too, and then we have like we do this other thing for like startups, right? So like there's there's we usually get like twenty to fifty applicants a month where people want to you know are aspiring builders in the space that want to do projects, uh, you know not all of them you know are willing to move to Austin or are willing to do stuff like that, but there are a few of them that do. And when those people come in contact with us, we do the same thing that we did for, you know, all those companies in 2021, like Saprite. When I met John, like that guy, for example, he, we helped him as much as we could, just two plebs, just with my media background and all that kind of stuff. And then Kyle with his kind of leadership qualities and connections and stuff. And then from there, we just helped him as much as we could. And, and we kind of do, we're a little bit different now where we're a little bit more focused, more business focused on getting the right connections in place and really trying to kind of cater it more to the individual as opposed to, you know, you, I mean, cause if you look at accelerators in, in the world, 
there's really only one place that does acceleration really, really well, and that's Y Combinator, just because Paul Graham's like mm-hmm. a, this mad genius. Um, and you know, being on calls with people, they've, they've, I've come to the realization that what we have at Plub Lab is like minimal viable product of a, of a, of a acceleration program, right? And it's more of a community accelerator. It's more like everybody in the lab wants that person to succeed, and we all try to help them. And so to get back to the point of, of asking, like, created a business, I think, I think in the long term we have. I think in the short term, I look at it kind of like the same way Balaji looks at this kind of world that we're creating with network stakes, and I think mm. he was talking to you about that. I think there's going to be an enormous potential for uh, lightning-enabled buildings, and I think that's, that's kind of the stuff that we're working on in the lab right now. So we have this thing called Lightning Door. You can tap it. And it'll go through and it'll open the door. The guys are working on something called Lightning Box. So when I look at Pleb Lab, it's kind of one of these things where it's it could be it could be Pixar in the early days, where it's just like doing all this cool computer animation, all this cool software with all these different brilliant engineers, and then they realize they make motion pictures, right? Like it's it could be that, or it could be. Um, kind of what it is right now where it's like a hackerspace and they're just creating cutting edge stuff and then it'll turn into what it turns into. But I think the thing that I'm seeing now is just the lightning enabled aspects of the physical space. Cause when I, when I look at the, when I look at the previous world, cause I'm an old man, I'm like in my forties now, but like uh-huh. when I look, where, where in your forties, I'm 40. <laughs> Dude, I'm older than you. Oh, okay. Cool. I'm 44. Well, so when uh, so like when the when the internet came out in the nineties, I'm old enough to remember that it kind of it was just like internet cafes and like these these internet hubs. Remember that? And of course, then man. and then what happened later? It was just like Starbucks, right? It just like Starbucks were everywhere. And I think we're at that same point now, where it's just like Lightning Bitcoin places. Like you're seeing it pop up everywhere, and at some point, it's just going to be a whatever that is. But I think right now the more lightning enabled stuff that you can have in the physical space is where everything's headed. And I think that can only happen once you get to the fostering part of the community. I think you can manifest the community, but once you get to the fostering part, that's when you can start enabling some of the stuff that's a little bit cooler. This show is brought to you by Ledin. Now from savings accounts to personal loans and even mortgages, Ledin's financial services enable Bitcoiners to experience the benefits of holding today without selling their Bitcoin. Ledin have a robust risk management strategy and always prioritize safeguarding clients' assets with no DeFi yield farming. And Ledin only supports Bitcoin and USDC, two of the highest quality and most liquid assets in the industry. They are also dedicated to transparency and are the first digital asset lending company to complete a proof of reserves attestation, which they re-verify every six months. Ledin also have a brand new product, Prime Loans, that allows private wealth clients to lend assets on their terms, and by locking in for a fixed term, they can earn even more interest. Ledin has a team of seasoned experts ready to work with you through the entire process to ensure your assets generates yield while protecting your principal. If you want to find out more, please head over to ledin.io, which is L-E-D-N dot I-O. Next up, we have Ledger. Now, Ledger is the world leader in Bitcoin security and is the best way to own and secure your private keys. If you're still holding Bitcoin on an exchange or with a custodian, it might be time to take your security more seriously because remember, not your keys, not your Bitcoin. The Ledger suite of hardware wallets paired with the Ledger Live app are the easiest and safest way to start managing your own private keys. 
You can send and sign your Bitcoin transactions with full transparency in the Ledger Live app. And honestly, it couldn't be easier. I have been a Ledger customer since 2017, and I absolutely love their products. Now, if you want to find out more or purchase a hardware wallet from Ledger, then please head over to shop.ledger.com, which is S-H-O-P dot L-E-D-G-E-R.com. Also, today we have our lead sponsor, Iris Energy. Now, Iris Energy is the largest NASDAQ-listed Bitcoin miner using 100% renewable energy. And their strategy is to target markets with low-cost, excess renewable energy. And they build their own highly efficient Bitcoin data centers and are led by a seasoned management team with a track record of success across renewables, infrastructure, and digital assets. Danny and I met with the team in Canada and were super impressed with their values, which align with us, so they are a great fit for what Bitcoin did. We have now been working with Iris Energy for a number of months across the podcast, films and events, and they're even sponsoring my football team, Raul Bedford. It's been really great to work with such a forward-thinking and sustainable Bitcoin company. So if you want to find out more about them, please head over to irisenergy.co, which is I-R-I-S-E-N-E-R-G-Y.co. How do you financially make the whole thing work? What do you mean? For Plub Lab? Yeah. Right now, we, we are covering costs with the, the funding that we had from, our, from the little small check that we had. So, and then we also were working on some consulting and stuff like that. And then we have the, the membership. So we have like three different tiers of memberships. Mm-hmm. So we have like a drop-in pass. You scan the lightning door, hang out with the builders for the day. We also have like the Nomad Pass. I think, I don't know if you, do you have a hub there in, um, are you are in Bedford? Uh, not yet. I'll come back to that and I'll tell, okay. you, tell yeah. you what my plan is. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we have like this Nomad Pass and that's just for, it's kind of like, a, I guess, the equivalent of a, like a membership, right? And so this is just for anybody who's a Bitcoiner that wants to come in, you know. But if you want to be like a builder, you get like a hackerspace membership and then that that gives you a dedicated desk. You get access and rewards and stuff like that. How much are these? Uh, right now, I think we have the drop-in pass at 21 fiat. Unless you pay in Bitcoin, it's 10. And then we have the Nomad Pass at 129. And then if you're paying in Bitcoin on Oshi, you get that at a discount. And then our hackerspace is like at 300 right now. And we've raised prices since I've taken over as well, too. Um, but the way I look at it is it's more about getting the people in the in the space. It's more about getting the the devs in the space. You need to have an easy onboarding for them. Right. Yeah, so Bedford's a bit trickier in that we are we have one we have two good assets in that the you know we have a big a known Bitcoin podcast where the host is from the town, which is mm-hmm. me, and we have a football team. And if I put an event on, people will come, but they come from all over the country, sometimes Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the football team's playing, we have a meetup again; they'll come in. But in terms of actual Bitcoiners in the town, I mean, I've met, <coughs> I've met two or three people. Some guy came up to me in my bar the other day, and he was like, "Oh, you're Pete McCormack." He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "I listen to your podcast. I love Bitcoin." Oh, cool. So there's a few, there's a handful of people like that, but there is no Bitcoin community really. There's no one really building anything. So I'm trying to think about it slightly differently. The football is the center point, yeah, and that is our thing. What I need to build is a training facility have you got the graphic i sent you for that i was playing with mid journey to get like design concepts but basically because we've now got the men's team ladies team all the youth teams on the girls side which is like 20 22 teams and then a partnership with the boys youth team we basically need a footballing center i need a grass pitch i need two all weather pitches i need a couple of nine aside pitches seven aside pitch 
Then I need a clubhouse where people can get trained. And yeah, so I was playing with Mid Journey. Oh, cool. This is the kind of thing we need. Obviously, we architecturally, we probably won't do that because it would cost too much. But my idea is like that the building serves a couple of purposes. Firstly, you can get changed, go and play sports. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to build a co-working space there as well. Uh, it won't be a hacker space for Bitcoiners because there aren't enough around. But it could be a place where, a bit like uh, Bitcoin Park and they do their talks, we do the same. Mm -hmm. But I think it would need to be more than Bitcoin. I think it would have to be a bit more kind of broader, like business advice, how to set up a business, how to think about money, yeah. you know, how to think about social media. Maybe there'll be some things to do with like food and diet. So more of a broad, you know, all those topics which are uh, that Bitcoiners care about. Mm -hmm. It might be that. So that's my goal. Uh, that's a pretty cool goal, man. Yeah, I think I think I think there's I, the way I look at it is I think we're we're really focused on developers is because that's where our that's where we started working with developers and working with startups and builders yeah so i w i wouldn't know how to create something like that like i don't i don't like does that make sense like i yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't know how to create that type of place but i know how to create a hacker space right like i know how to create something for the devs um and to me, that's we're primarily focused. One of the things I think have that we've been able to do to get more developers in the space, or at least in the building, is uh, having workshops on the weekend that really gets people there. Um, also, the the lightning enabled stuff. Whenever whenever that we do like a like we had the lightning door workshop or a Chat GBT Bitcoin workshop that we had. It was filled filled to the brim, like with so many different people. And these are people that they you know that work here in town from Apple. Or PayPal or wherever they're from, and it, it's it's you have to show the wonderment, and I think that's the biggest yeah. thing that I've realized is just it's just wonder. If you can you can spark the imagination, then you can bring over those people. But um, right now, when we're just talking about monetary policy and like number go up technology, like that doesn't really spark the imagination. That draws in the wrong type of people. Um, but when you have something that's um, like that's actually when you see builders actually building. And trying to change the world for the better, I think that's the thing that um, that really gets people in the in the door, at least for developers, creatives. Yeah, and I think you have to meet people where they're at, right? Right. Yeah. In a little town like Bedford, it's going to be one of the last places in like the UK that will adopt a Bitcoin. Like it's going to start in London and then Leeds and Manchester and Birmingham. And there's probably meetups in all of those, maybe Cambridge. In a place like Bedford, it's not going to happen. But I we think you could be wrong there. Well. I, what I'm saying is the density of people. Like, yeah. if if I just decided one day I was going to do Bitcoin Park in Bedford, I just wouldn't be able to make it commercially work the way they've made it commercially work. I could do a meetup, and maybe that starts with 20 people, goes to 50 to 100, and do different talks. But what I can do is buy a football team, make them the Bitcoin team, and use that as a Trojan horse. You know, people come down because they want to watch football, and... Oh, what's this Bitcoin thing about? Oh, yeah. there's a meetup before that game. I'll come to the meetup. Yeah. Oh, there's a co-working space. Oh, I need an office. You know, I'm always sat in Starbucks. You know, I could use that. And yeah. then with that, we can start putting events on like uh, they do at Bitcoin Park, which would bring people in. And I think I think what I'm hoping with the... I've, I've said it a few times on this run. So if you listen to every show like a psycho, <laughs> and I've, you've heard me say this a few times, but yeah. not everyone's got the football thing and some people are starting to get it. But what I've said is just forget that it's a football thing. It's you, in your community, you can do any type of project. You could have a running club. You might be a runner. You got running all the time. You could start a running club 
and it's 25 people or 50 people, and at the end of it, you sit down and have a Bitcoin meetup or have a meetup to discuss monetary policy or whatever. Yeah. But you can be in London, you can do London Bit, bit Devs. Or you could be in Manchester and you could do a Bitcoin meetup. Like you can make something work wherever you are, either make it directly about Bitcoin or indirectly, but around something you like and bring people in. And I think we're just, I, I think we're on the verge of an explosion of these Absolutely. things. Absolutely. And, and I, I think it's great. Yeah. When you had Balaji on the pod, it was interesting hearing him say all these things. Cause I was like, wow, he's literally talking about some of the stuff that a lot of us have been thinking about for the past two years. Right. Like, and it's cool that it's finally reached a person like that to like really see this through. Cause I think the community aspect is really important right now. Right. If you look back in, um, like, you know, a de- uh, century ago, it was like the Spanish flu and everybody kind of closed in. And out of that came these roaring 20s. Right. And you saw jazz pop out of that and all these cultural centers like New York. And, and so when I, when I look at what happened to us in 2020, it's the same thing. It's just now it's going to become the roaring 20s where there's just a lot of prosperity and a lot of hurt at the same time. But if, if, you, have these, uh, if you have these hubs and, and these hacker spaces all over the world, this could, this could really change the course of history. And I think when I look at Pleb Lab and what we're doing there, it's, 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 it really feels like that kind of, that kind of movement happening. Um, yeah. Well, they're nodes in this network. Yeah. It's like, it's a funny thing to say, but you can just travel through the world. You could go, you could go up to, um, I don't know, LA, the swamp people put an event on usually regularly right. and go and hang out yeah. with them. And then you could go to Austin and go to the commons and come to Pleb Lab. Then you go to Nashville and go to Bitcoin Park. And I'm sure something's going to come in Miami. You could head down to El Salvador and go to, uh, El Zonte and go surfing and pay with Bitcoin. You could go to Bitcoin jungle in Brazil. Uh, all the shit that's going down in Costa Rica, hang out with the Nostra crazy down <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. You can catch a flight over to the UK and come and watch a football match and hang out at Bedford. You can go to Lisbon, hang out with the Bitcoin community there. You can go to Berlin. Berlin's roaring Bitcoin community. You can fly to Indonesia. Lugano's coming too. Lugano. Yeah, I, yeah. I went there. Those guys are killing it. It's a yeah. great place, by the way. You yeah. Can, but you can go to Indonesia. You can pop to Australia and see Danny. Like, <laughs> the more and more, the, this like these, it's, it's like it's like the start of uh, Lightning Network. You've got these nodes of open channels with each other, and they're just going to grow and grow and grow, and you yeah. can just move around and... There's a, there's a certain inevitability to it. Yeah, totally. And and it's interesting that you you said all these places because, yeah, when I when I see it when I see it for like what what it is, I'm like, wow, that's it's incredible to imagine that we went from like Bitcoin on chain lightning explosion happening in 2018, right, and then it really snuck off. Now you're seeing all these Bitcoin companies coming from from out of that. And then now you're seeing these hubs and, and those are getting built by, you know, individuals that, that, that really want to do this for the right, right reasons. But then you look over on the crypto side, Peter, you see the crypto side and they're trying to do the same thing Bitcoiners are doing. The only difference is they're using it to like push their like NFTs or they're using it to push their token in order to get access to these places. Like no one checks your Bitcoin card you know, to go to, you know, to the commons or to Plub Lab, right? We just, we're just inviting or even to Bedford, I would imagine. No, you don't. But, but like the Web3 guys are like, oh, you need to have an NFT to get in. There's like this, like this big kind of gated kind of community. And it's interesting to see these two things kind of happen side by side. It's like, of course, they're going to copy what Bitcoiners are doing, but like they're going to do it a completely different way. 
That's happened in football. So when we bought uh, our team, made them Real Bedford, a bunch of shit coiners or a couple of shit coiners bought a team called Crawley Town. Oh, okay. Really, uh, much higher. They're a league team. They're in League Two, so like three down from the Premier League. Great history, really well-liked club, bought by these shit coiners. And basically, like day one, I remember seeing like all these people outside, uh, I don't know, I guess the the training ground or the ground or something, buying NFTs. They come to get their NFTs. Their NFTs aren't worth shit now. The running of the club was complete chaos. They nearly got relegated. They went through three managers. Oh, wow. Uh, there was one moment where the chairman was in the dugout, which, by the way, is a big fucking no-no. Like, you're a chairman, you're everything off the pitch, let the manager do his job. Like, it's been an absolute disaster. If you search Recordy Town now on Twitter, you'll find a bunch of shit. There's like an ant, like, it's just been a disaster. Whereas, like, we're the Bitcoin team. And look, yeah, some of our sponsors have crypto products, and yeah, we're not pure in that way, but we're Bitcoin only. We own, you can buy your tickets, your burgers, your everything in Bitcoin. And, and I think the thing is, the crypto stuff leads you down a path of distraction. Mm-hmm. With the Bitcoin, it leads you down a path of focus. And, and and that analogy like totally works out. But the problem I think the crypto people have is <clears throat> whether you go to Pleb Lab, Commons, Bitcoin Park, you're going to meet the same people with mm-hmm. the same core principles, having the same conversations. You might not completely agree on everything, but there's like a, there is a commonality. Absolutely. If you went to... Solano Lab in New York. And they, <laughs> Wait, do they have that? Fuck those. I just made that up. <laughs> or I don't know, Dentacoin Park in in uh, uh, I don't know Vancouver. They're going to be completely different people, and it's, yeah. th- there is no commonality. I w- and, like. I'm not going to completely hate on them. One thing I think they are really good. They've been really good at raising money for charity and things. I've seen some really mm. imp- like impressive things. Like in minutes, they've raised like. Some guy plays a guitar on a on a stream. It turns out he's broke, and they like send him six hundred thousand dollars of shitcoin. It's like, well, that's pretty impressive. But there isn't that common thread, and the the bigger problem they have is like Solana might not exist in four years. So what happens to Solana Lab or Crypto Lab? You know, we're going to be here in four years and eight years, and so I I think it's that that common goal that the crypto people miss. And they will go, oh, the Maxis, you're all tribal, you're this, you're that. Yeah. They just don't get it. Yeah. They've missed exactly what's going on with Bitcoin. It's like, that's fine. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate. I, like, um, you know, it, you, you see it all the time too. Like when we were in uh, Capital Factory, it's like this big, because there's like, there's like 15, 10 accelerators in Austin, right? And like we're the only Bitcoin-focused community accelerator, right? We do it a little bit different. And when we were at Capital Factory, Capital Factory technically is an accelerator. And, you know, the, the type of people that you would see walk in there and ask like the most boneheaded questions about Bitcoin, uh, it, it, it could be frustrating. But I, I think I've come to realize over time, and I, I think Carvalho said it best when I had a conversation with him, he was like, you know, Car, like, just meet them where they're at and then you can, you can take them along. And I, I think doing that at Plub Lab, we, we get some, you know, developers from all sorts of backgrounds you can kind of see it. And then before you know it, like we have a guy right now, uh, he's like from PayPal. And when he like came in first, he was like, you know, a little bit like, oh, who are these Bitcoiners? You know, they're a little bit more rough on the edges. And then once he starts hanging out with us, he's like, oh, wow. Like, you know, and then he just recently did a workshop. 
And it's like, you can see his growth from like w- what he used to be to where he is now. And and, uh, and that's where I've realized it's just like meet them where they're at. Yeah, you know? you, you've got to meet people where they're at. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, and, that, and I mean, the pod, this is what the podcast is. This one's designed for is to meet people where they're at. So it has to meet people where they're at if they're in the UK and they're uh, crazy lefty liberal and they have to meet them where they're at if they're uh, uh, in the US and they're from yeah. the right and has to meet them where they're at if they're a Swedish libertarian. Like whatever you are, has to, you've got to try and meet people where they're at. And that requires uh, it requires some patience amongst Bitcoiners to understand that people are different. Yeah. Yeah. And people will have a different timeline for grokking Bitcoin. They have uh, they have a different cultural, historical, geographical background that they bring with them. You know, not everyone's going to arrive at the same way, but you just meet them where they're at and helping them along the way. And uh, most people end up in the same place-ish. Yeah, I think so. I, I think at least for us, the way that we've seen it here, like at the comments when we do like Austin Bitcoin Club or, you know, bit devs or anything like that, there's... We always have like dumb questions, right? And, or you always have questions that like oppose the view in the room or something. And I always try to, at least for me, I always try to take the time to talk to them afterwards. Um, even though I'm not the one leading the discussion or anything, I just, I want to know the individual and like let them know like, hey, you know, there's somebody in the room that wants to hear what you have to say. And like, you know, I'm, I don't mind being that. And I, I, I look at uh, how we do it here in Austin. There's a, there's a lot of that, right? A lot of us collaborate and work with each other. And and that's that's where I've, when I look at like places like Nashville, it's awesome to see them kind of manifest this from absolutely nothing. Uh-huh. And um, in Austin, I think we're we're past the point of manifesting it. We're now it's a, we're at the point of fostering it, and that 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 requires collaboration and that requires nurturing and making sure that we're all on the same page with things. Um, and it it starts with like you know a solid foundation, whether it's like a, a football team or if it's like a you know a park or wh- whatever it is. Like here in Austin, it was like Unchained Capital, right? Like once Parker came in in 2018, he turned that place around, and and like that was the the anchor for Bitcoiners. And then from there, you're just kind of building on top of it. And when I look at other places in the world, I think we're going to have that in New York. We'll have that in LA and Miami. It just starts with that anchor first. Oh, we've got that in New York. I missed Pub out. Pubkey. Oh, Pubkey. Oh, perfect. Have you been to Pubkey? No, I haven't been yet. Dude, when you get to New York, you've got to go to Pubkey. Nice. I mean, again, it's just another brilliant anchor. It's a pub. Yeah. Everyone yeah. likes going to the pub. Yeah. Most of us like beer. Yeah. If you don't, you do like a smash burger. Their smash burger is so <laughs> fucking good. Their smash burger and their, their fries. Their waffle fries with that cheese dip. We had it. We had it every day. But like, they, but they do that, right? Their anchor is a pub, but they've got events on there, right? So you go along. You can go along, just hang out with Thomas, have a beer, talk about Bitcoin. You turn up most evenings or once a week, whatever. They've got events on. The anchor can be literally anything. It can be uh, an accelerator. It can be a pub. It can be. I think we'll get a lot of the pubs. It could be a fucking football team. It could be a concert venue. It could be a running club. Like it, literally any of anyone listening think, I want to do that, just create an anchor and, and bring people in. I love exactly, it. Exactly, right? Like in then how it happens now, and even here, like in the central Texas area, we're already kind of seeing it with like Jason who's running the Round Rock up here up north. He's running that meetup. And I was I went there last week and I was talking to him and I was like, so what's what's the what's the plan? Like where, where else are you going with this? Because I want to know, like, what can we do to help? 
And he's like, oh, I want to get a place up there, like maybe like a farmer's market type of place. And I was like, that's dope. We need that. Like we need that in our community. Then you know, I'll talk to somebody like G who's running San Antonio. And I'm like, where are you going with this? Like, what's the next step? He's like, yeah, I want to build like a little hub downtown next to the Riverwalk. I'm like, perfect. So you're really kind of seeing it. Like once you start having a, a city, like let's say Nashville, right? That, that is doing the Bitcoin park. You'll start seeing stuff pop up all over the place now. And then before you know it, it just turns the whole place orange. And we're seeing that with, with Texas right now. You have the Houston meetup, you know, yeah, and there's the other- Yeah, Houston meetup's great. That's why I'm saying like, it, it, it literally just starts with like a group of individuals that want to want to go out and do this. And then before you know it, you have these other orange spots popping up all over the state. And I think, go back to, I keep bringing up that guy's name, but I think Bellagio's right. Like, that's, like we're seeing it in Texas and we're seeing it in, in Tennessee, you know, and now New York, right? Like this is, this is inevitable. Um, it's really bullish, man. This show is brought to you by BitCasino. Now, BitCasino was established in 2013 and is the world's first licensed Bitcoin casino. It is trusted by tens of thousands of players worldwide, and not only do they have cutting-edge security, but they offer fast withdrawals and VOP experiences that money can't buy. BitCasino has over 2,800 games and tournaments for you to try out, and with their 24-7 live chat support, you can always get help if you need. Now, if you want to find out more about BitCasino, the first Bitcoin casino to win an EGR award, head over to bitcasino.io, which is B-I-T-C-A-S-I-N-O dot I-O. And please remember to gamble responsibly. Next up, we have Unchained. Now, the events and exchanges and in traditional banks over the last year were all an important reminder of how critical it is for you to take control of your private keys. But taking ownership of your Bitcoin keys, you know what? It can be daunting. That's why our good friends at Unchained offer a personalized concierge onboarding service. Now, I have personally been through this process and set up the vaults for my football team, Real Bedford. And you know what? I know this is a personal recommendation here, but the multi-sig solution which Unchained have created is so easy to use. They ship the required devices to you and they walk you through it step by step so you can understand exactly how the vaults work. Now, after you set up, Unchained continues to provide you with regular support to help you get comfortable with controlling your keys. So if you've been putting off taking control of your Bitcoin wealth, Unchained's concierge onboarding is a simple way for you to get started. Get it done sooner rather than later. You can book your onboarding today at unchained.com forward slash what Bitcoin did. And at the checkout, you can get $50 off with the promo code what Bitcoin did. That is unchained.com. U-N-C-H-A-I-N-E-D.com forward slash what Bitcoin did. Also today we have Wasabi, who I am using to keep my Bitcoin private. Now Wasabi is the easiest way to send and receive Bitcoin privately. And even for non-technical people like me, it is effortless and provides privacy by default. Now with Wasabi, there is no minimum amount, so you can start coin joining straight away. And Wasabi makes CoinJoin transactions together with BTC Pay and Trezor users and BTC Pay server users can make payments in CoinJoin, which saves on fees and is a privacy improvement. Also, Wasabi just dropped a badass new feature. Now Trezor Suite users can CoinJoin directly on the hardware wallet, which obviously is very cool. Now, if you want to find out more, please head over to wasabiwallet.io, which is W-A-S-A. B I W A L L E T dot I O. Do you think, uh, in some ways, Pleb Lab could be something that kind of franchises out as well? 
I think I like if I could have it my way, Peter. I, I would love to see a hackerspace in every city, and I would love to 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 allow people to create Plub Lab. The the guys talk about it in the lab all the time. They're like, car like Plub Lab, you know, is a state of mind. And I was like, what does that mean? I don't I don't even know what that means. But since stepping into this role. I've come to realize like a lot more people care about Plub Lab than I first realized. I didn't realize the emotional connection that they have to the brand and what they're trying to do. Like, because um, a lot of the, these are just plubs that that see themselves wanting to build there. We're doing a startup day next month for, Bit, for during Bitbox Boom Week. And we have um, some builders coming in who are going to be probably the next generation companies, right? And... When I talked to this one kid, he he was telling me, he was like, yo, I was like, how did you, like, where did you get this idea from? And he's like, oh, I got it from Dirt Gigi reading his stuff. And then and then I'm talking to him, I'm like, how did you get into to like Bitcoin? He's like, oh, you know, I read Jimmy Song's book and like started hacking and doing all this stuff. And then I came to Bitcoin Plus Plus, the thing that Nifty throws with Base58. Then I won there. And then I was like, well, then like, what do you plan on going with this? And I was, he was like, well, I want to keep building it. I, I love working on Bitcoin. And he's only, he's a new Bitcoiner. He's only been doing it for like six months. And then, he, and then I, I was like, well, come to Plub Lab so you can show what you're working on. And then we'll see what happens. And now he's like bringing his mom and the family and stuff. And it's kind of like, wow, like all the people that have helped him in that process, you know, whether it was Jimmy and his book, you know, whether it was Nifty and that conference, whether it was, you know, it 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 just kind of shows that like we're all helping each other. It's 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 working, Peter. Like this this kind of network that we've created with these nodes, like it's working and it's happening, and it, it just facilitates more and more builders, more and more creators, more and more companies. I guess that happens because you've <laughs> embedded some kind of culture there. What do you mean? Like the culture of uh, the experience, the 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 culture of uh, what Bitcoins Bitcoiners are, what they stand for. Yeah. You know, when people come along, they it's it's not like a because it sounds part of it. It's like um like a co working facility, but it's more than that. Like when you go, I've had co working facilities. Yeah. You know, when I my first ever company I set up, I was, used to build websites, right? My co-working facility was a little private room on my own. I'd go in there on my computer, I'd sit all day, occasionally I'd go and get a cup of tea and I would <laughs> talk to somebody. And I think I maybe yeah. knew the person next door. But there was nothing, there was no culture of the place. The only thing we had in common is we worked in the same building in Bedford. Yeah. I We had a WeWork in London, right? And in, the WeWorks are different in that we had a bigger space and there was like eight of us in there and there were all these other companies and we had these community areas nobody spoke yeah and they would put these events on dude okay they put in the events it'd be like some fucking someone would come and play their violin or someone do a poetry reading or give a talk and everyone would go and sit in their group of people and watch it and leave in a co-working space with common areas where you could get a beer or a coke or whatever a bottle of water no one mixed there's there was no culture of mixing together but i could not imagine that in Pleb Lab. I've not been. Yeah. But I don't imagine everyone no. goes into their own space. It's interesting because like we started at, at Capital Factory and it's exactly what you're describing. It's very much that. And uh so we saw all the, you know, if you want to call them mistakes or whatever that is, like 
front and front and center, right? And like as Bitcoiners, we'd all be siloed in this little office and we'd all complain about it together about like, oh, look how they do this. Look how they have this like for privacy and like all this stuff. And we, and, and so when I, we created Plub, I was like, we want to do the complete opposite of that. Like it needs to be geared towards Bitcoin developers, geared towards those individuals. And that to me is like, uh, it, 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 it just a testament to that, right? Like you brought up WeWork. And it, and like, what's the culture there? Like, it, there is no culture. Like, it's just like you go and pay your get your latte or whatever, and you just like works by yourself. You even see the TikTok videos where they're like, "Oh, a day in the life, you know, entrepreneur," yeah. and like, this is what I do. And it's just kind of like it's kind of ridiculous. It's like very alone. No one's helping you. It just it's it just sounds awful. Like, uh, and I and when I look at places like Bitcoin Park, blah blah, and the Commons and hopefully Bedford soon, like you'll, you'll be able to experience, you know, a community and mm. an inviting community and, and being able to have the people around you that you can ask questions with and like get more ideas and they can come and help you. And before you know it, it's, it just kind of, it just manifests, right? Like your, whatever your vision was for whatever you're building. Yeah. And it's interesting you say about that farmer's market. Cause I, one of the coolest things like run of the road, uh, like light bulb moments for me was, when we were at uh, Bitcoin Park, Texas Slim was there, right? Mm-hmm. And I know he's a Bitcoiner, but he's not really there to talk about Bitcoin. He's there to talk about food. You know, how the... the, the I, I'm trying to remember exactly how he explained it, but like part of the processing of the meat is handled by a certain bunch of companies and most of the food is controlled by a certain bunch of companies. We know most food is fucking shit. We should be getting fresh. We should be buying direct. And, and what... What ended up happening is this became a thing that's tangential to Bitcoin. It's just like we we all like steak, most of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, go to your local farmer, shake his hand, buy your beef locally. They'll take Bitcoin. And, and I know people are buying like quarter of a cow and half a cow. And I was like, huh, this is the next step. You know, because yeah, it's kind of weird Peter Shiv has a gold podcast. It would definitely be weird if there's a dollar podcast. And there'll come a day when there aren't mm-hmm. Bitcoin podcasts. And there'll come a day where it's just it's just ubiquitous. It's everywhere, right? And so we're starting to see that bridge now where it's jumping. These communities are jumping beyond Bitcoin. They're connecting with you know, uh, farmers. And they're teaching farmers about Bitcoin. But, but the people who are connecting with the farmer are getting good quality food. So that next leap in community where we spread out, you talked about these spokes, right? You had Bitcoin comments, then you had the Houston meetup. But Texas Slim is a spoke. And mm-hmm. you know, the access to buying the access to local farm are, are the spokes outside of Bitcoin. I mean, that when you start to kind of like envisage a peer-to-peer network, you know. You've got these Bitcoin hubs, and then you've got these other hubs connected, which I think then is also super powerful. Absolutely. And, you know, Slim and, and what Cole is doing with, like, the Beef Initiative, and he has his Cancy Cattle thing, it's it's phenomenal because you're seeing it happen in other places. I I talked to Wesley at in Tampa, and they're trying to do similar things, right? Like, they're trying to create a hub there, and he's asking for advice and stuff. And and I'm like, and you're seeing what they're trying to create with their kind of culture there, and it's uh, it's like this food kind of grassroots kind of thing. And it's really cool to see. I, but yeah, I totally agree. I think I think you need those spokes, you need those hubs. And I think it just eventually just kind of, it just becomes a, a flywheel of uh, for, for Bitcoiners to come into the space. So what would right? help you, what would help Pleb Labs do more? Gosh, right now it's it's if I'm being completely honest, it's funding. Yeah. Like we're, we're- What's the reality of the funding or something like this? I, I think we, dude, I, 
like we, I, I can talk numbers. I don't mind talking numbers. When I'm, that's one thing I try to be is very honest and transparent yeah. uh, all the time. And so when we originally started the thing, I think we had like a 25K burn every month. Okay. Now I got it down to 15. Okay. And I think I can get it even lower than that. So like it requires very little funding to run a hackerspace. So that was another thing where I've, where I've come to realize is like running a hackerspace is really inexpensive. It's probably the most inexpensive version of these kind of hubs that you can have out there uh, compared to other places. Uh, and then we just brought on Teresa, Teresa Martin. She used to work with the Beef Initiative and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So she's kind of taken over all the finances and brought a good sense of business acumen to the to the, to, to our to our lab. And um, and then we have like our design guy Toshi. Toshi's like this brilliant in-house designer. Does everything for like Bitblock Boom, all those kind of images and stuff like that. Uh, then we have Logan as well. Logan's been a part of Club Lab and also Bitcoin Club from the very beginning. As you know, he works with Marty now. Mm-hmm. And even his level has stepped up tremendously. We're about to release this Nostra Devs course and stuff um, that he's been working on with the guys. And right now it's just primarily funding to keep this thing going until we can get to the to the break even. But um, How long do you think that will take? To get to break even? Yeah. I'd have to go back and look at the numbers, but... Um, a bull market would help. Bull market would help. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think what's, what's helping us right now is a lot of the consulting that we're doing because a lot of people see what we're doing and they want to either create the same thing. So we're, we're you know, we're being consultants to that. Um, but yeah, I would say if, if you're interested, whoever's out there listening right now, if you're interested, definitely reach out to, reach out to me. We'd love to have you um, support us. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it is super important to try and make these things work. Uh the uh, the Bitcoin Commons has Unchained, which is cool. They have this yeah. space. That's great. Yeah. Bitcoin Park is an independent commercial venture. We you know we're desperate for them to make that work. They're making it. Let's be honest. They're making it work. They have their events on. They have their uh, uh, they have their members. We became members. You know it's important for these things to work. It's important for Pleb Labs to work. So yeah, people are listening. Have, have you got a thing like remote? People can become remote members. So we do. We're working on something right now. I have one of the guys in the lab. We're trying to build out a um, this kind of like hacker kind of uh, community online. So you'll be able to do these hackathons. You know, like right now we have Bolt.Fun, and they're like the only people that are doing hackathons online. I think my vision for Plub Lab is being able to grow it globally. So hackathons on a continuous basis makes more sense and it gets more builders into the space faster. And I think just focusing on the dev and the hacker model at Plub Lab is primarily what I'm trying to do now since I've taken over, as opposed to before it was just trying to be like startups only, that type of thing. And now it's more like, no, let's just support developers. Let's get more developers in there. And I think getting... Nifty from Base58 inside of Plub Lab. She's also helping with that too. So I think eventually, once we have all those things in place, all that's going to attribute to revenue that comes in, you know, either through courses or through education or through hackathons or through sponsorships or even just at the base level with memberships and stuff like that. But I think over time, that will lead to a, a very prosperous um, Club lab. And then the thing that the my back pocket thing is like the lightning enabled stuff. Yeah. Because like our building right now is stacking sats every day. You know, whether it's through the fridge or whether it's at the door, you know, we make this lightning box. That's going to be another thing. So I think once that happens, I think then you're going to start seeing like this real estate become the next big thing that people are going to want to do because they're going to be like, oh, we can start putting 
lightning into these 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 areas that people aren't really thinking about right now. And then your buildings staying humble and stacking sets. So you got to pay to open the door. Yeah. <laughs> you got to pay to take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> yeah. You should put that in. <laughs> I mean, it's a reasonable 21 sets, right? Like yeah. it's, it's just like, it's just those little things. And I think over time, I think that kind of takes off. I mean, look, a, a ball run all, always helps because you could you just get this massive increase in awareness, desire, want for Bitcoin, mm-hmm. learn about Bitcoin, access Bitcoin, work on Bitcoin. You've already got a big community here. You would naturally see a big boost in that. I mean, I think that would be a, be a good thing for you guys. But I think, look, it's so cool what you're doing. Oh, thanks, if, Peter. Like, we're not embedded in the pleb culture. Most of them hate me, but we. Oh, uh, no, they don't hate you. I, I was telling, I was telling because Danny messaged me last week, and I was telling the guys like, "Hey, so I'm going on what Bitcoin did. Like, what do y'all think?" They're like, "Fuck you, man." No, they're like, "That's good." They're like, "That's good." They're like, "That's good." Just, just make sure you go there and talk about pleb lab. And I was like, "Cool, I'll talk about pleb lab." Yeah, but you do the eyes. I see the eyes. Yeah, that's good. It's good for us. But no, we, we, you know, we haven't really embedded ourselves in it as much. We want to support it as much as possible. We, in fairness, we, I would, well, not we. It's unfair for me to answer for Danny. Danny, Danny, it's not Danny. It's me. I've, I, I've not paid enough attention and given enough support. Not, you know, support enough projects. We had. Uh, Tony in yesterday. Oh yeah, Tony. Yeah, uh, we've done mutiny. Um, yeah, yeah, we're going to support him and help him a bit with that. Um, yeah, if we can help you any anyway, let us know. But we kind of realized like this this podcast done well. Like we need to give something back and you know, support him. Thank you, thank you for uh, for having me on today. I appreciate. It. Yeah, there's there. That's what we try to do as well. Is just like be a platform for these builders and, and just allow them to come talk about their projects. Cause I don't think there's enough of that right now there. I remember being a pleb and not knowing where to even go. Right. Like um, it, especially if you have aspirations of, of building in the space, but we need more platforms like that and hats off to you for wanting to do that. No dude, anything we can do to help just yeah. reach out to me or Danny, give us a shout. Uh, we should come and see it. We can't see it because we, we're both You guys off. are about to leave, yeah. Yeah, we're both about to set off. But next are you time coming back we're... for Bitblock Boom? No, I was talking to Park about this. The problem with Bitblock Boom for me is always when I'm taking my kids on holiday. Oh, okay. End of August is when we have our family holiday and I managed to go for one day, one year and I really hate the fact I can't get there because I think Gary does such an incredible yeah. job. Like he is so cool. He deserves backing. We haven't booked a holiday yet. So it's a, it's a series of events. I've got to get the football uh, season fixtures. I'm meant to be in the UK all of August apart from my holiday with my kids. If there's like sometimes I thought, oh, can I go on holiday and then take the kids to Texas and take them to Bitblock Boom? Because I'd love to take them to an yeah. event together and see Bitcoin culture and love them to see Texas. But also they kind of want to sit on the beach as well because I'm away a lot. They want to have dad time. So just making it work is always difficult. If I could be there, I would. I, I, you know, I back Gary. I think he's such a great guy, but it's, this most likely I won't be, which, again, every time I miss it, I, I feel really sad. Yeah, like the two main weeks in, in Austin are like the South by week. So Commons, Pub Lab, we always throw big events. There's hackathons and stuff. And then Bitblock Boom Week, now that Gary's moved it over here, there's going to be a slew of events. I think Kaylee has some stuff booked at the comments too. So it's going to be incredible, dude. That whole week's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. What was it like here during Consensus? 
Um, oh, so great thing about Nifty, she created Bitcoin Plus Plus. So we have that option now. So uh, that's a developer. There's like two developer conferences that I know of, uh, Bitcoin Plus Plus and TabConf. And Nifty was able to create that so that we Bitcoiners can go <laughs> to that instead of consensus, uh, did, which is great. Did you manage, because there will be Bitcoiners going to consensus. Or Bitcoiners who hold shit coins. Yeah, I think some of the guys, uh, I don't want to call anybody out, I think they were there at least talking about Lightning, at least one voice talking about Lightning. No, I mean, I think people should. Oh, you mean like they should go? Well, no, I'm thinking both ways. Like, were you a kind of like um, a shelter for the Bitcoiners who went to consensus and got sick of seeing Tron and other bullshit there and... But actually, I also think these shitcoin conferences go there. Talk to people about Bitcoin. I got invited to go to the Coin Center Gala this year. It was the first time I was ever able to go to something like that. Um, and we were like the only Bitcoin table at the front. Great. And, and like everybody else was just nothing but, uh, you know, crypto people. So, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think you have to get out there to at least, you know, talk about it. Right. Well, listen, you made a bunch of money on Solana. Put some of it in Bitcoin. Don't regret <laughs> yeah. that shit. Yeah. Um, anything I've not asked you about, you wish I had, or you want to talk about? Uh, no, that was it. That was it. I appreciate you having me on, and I uh, hope you enjoy that record. And uh, yes, next man. time you're in Texas, like come through. We will always come through. We'll come yeah. to see it. Uh, where do you want to send people? Yeah, plublab.com. That's that's there. Also on Noster. We're on Noster. Uh, have you? Are you on? You're on Noster, I'm right? I'm on Noster, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, are you on Nostra, Danny? I'm on Nostra, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, check check us out, PlubLab on Nostra, PlubLab on uh, Twitter, and uh, PlubLab.com. Do you Nost? I think I've literally posted once. What did you say? What aliens did. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, we got a show coming out with... Um, with who? Um, Matthew Pines. Matthew Pines. Do you know he's like deep in the whole alien shit? No. So every time we make a show with him, people kept saying, did you talk to him about aliens? We're like, no. So we just ripped two and a half hours the other day with him all about aliens. Wow. Yeah. It's nothing. Is, it, is it like, uh, are they real? Like, do we know? I, I don't watch that. I don't pay attention to any of that stuff. I mean, depends who you ask. Uh, what Matthew, you've got to listen to it. But what Matthew would say is there are lots of congressional investigations, congressional whatevers who want to know what's going on in these secret mm-hmm. things. I'm not going to tell you the whole show, but there's a lot of things pointed towards the fact that maybe they've got aircraft, maybe they've got biological stuff. Also, it could be a huge fucking psyop as it is, but everything's a psyop. But it's well worth listening to. I'll check it out. Yeah. They're real and they're here. <laughs> they're real and they're <laughs> What here. do you think, Danny? You think they're real? Uh, I mean, Matthew's argument is pretty pers- persuasive. Um yeah. If I had to say, I think I'd go, yeah. Wow. I mean, I've always thought they're real. Really? I mean, mathematically, yeah. Uh, I have friends that have seen aircraft and experienced stuff, but uh, yeah. I mean, mathematically, if you try and understand the size of the universe and... So you got got aliens out there in Bedford? Some people look like aliens in Bedford. (laughs) (laughs) The sheer sheer volume of... uh, galaxies in the universe and the sheer number of like suns within each uh like it's like there's like two trillion galaxies which is a ridiculous number and each one has like a billion suns mm-hmm. and like half of those have got planets rotating around so, so mathematically there are going to be planets in what the goldilocks zone i don't know if you know it's called that which is the yeah, zone where, yeah. where you can inhabit life I, I can I can see the I can see more. Do you ever see that movie Contact? Uh, 
Cool. Yeah, I can see a more of a reality like that where we get a, a, a sound from, you know, from wherever, from a star or something. And uh, I can see that reality happening. I have a bias to want it. My favorite film's E.T. And uh, I absolutely love Arrival. Did you watch Arrival? Yeah, I love Arrival. I love that. You should film. check out, did you ever read uh, Childhood's End? No. <sighs> Childhood's In. Yeah. It's, uh, I forget the author. But um, it's uh, they have a they have a uh, they have the, the book, but a lot of these these stories and these movies come from from uh, Childhood's End. It, Childhood's it, End. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, it's a whole Arthur uh, C. Clarke. Yeah, Arthur C. Clarke. Yeah, he wrote it. Oh, He's the one go. that did um, Space Odyssey. But that that I think there's a I think there might be a movie about it somewhere. I'm sure. But uh, that that is kind of really creepy. If if it turns out to be that, because that actually shows you, um, you're gonna give you're gonna plot. No, nah, I won't bring up anything. You just watch it, and you'll just be like, "Hum." So the that would I guess make sense, but it just kind of like that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> there's no hope there, but I think with contact, I think I'm gonna watch that a little bit more today. hope, a little more hope in contact. Oh man! Well, listen. Check out Matthew Pines when that comes out. What okay. a, what aliens did? <laughs> nice. Uh, Good to see you, man. Thank you. you too. Thank Appreciate you. the present and good luck. Anything we can help, you just we'll give do. us a shout. We're always here for you. Thank you. All right. What'd you make of that one? Did you enjoy that one? Sorry, we had to give you this as a Sunday bonus. Sorry, we missed a show early in the month. Sometimes the travel schedule works out that way. But Danny and I, we would never leave you short. We wouldn't cut a show out for you. So. It was great to get Car on. Great to find out what he's doing down in Austin. It's very, very cool. It's another third space where Bitcoiners can get together, share ideas, talk about Bitcoin, build projects. Very, very cool. Anyway, Sunday. I've got loads to do. The football season starts again this week. Tuesday, we are at home to MK Irish. We're going to go for a back-to-back titles. We're going to give it everything we've got. So if you've got any questions about this, anything else, football, Bitcoin, anything at all, you can drop me an email. It's hello at whatbitcoindid.com. 